It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Joining us now on the SECV Hotline, John Barchard from BleedingGreenNation.com, from BGN Radio, from 97.5 The Fanatic in Philadelphia. Uh, we've, we got together uh, maybe a month or so ago in Philadelphia, and I know you stay away from demon alcohol, so they have other things for you, John. <laughs> You know they have the yeah, you know no, the the, get... the virgin margaritas that kind of thing you know <laughs> exactly right yeah so whatever it is to keep the blood pressure down that's what, that's what we've been on because <laughs> there's there's been enough plenty lately but first and foremost first I'm gonna I am gonna order that margarita classic pizza because that sounds delicious doesn't it and though? Then you can tell uh, Sean and the gang that instead of uh, you know wasting my time with a, a a lowly bowl like the tax layer bowl I'll be enjoying my Iowa Hawkeyes take on Stanford. In the Rose Bowl, so a uh, little little shout out to Penn State real quick for, from uh, from this Iowa faithful. But yeah, man, I mean this was this was something that you know this has been something that had been going on forever. I mean, you know, anytime you bring up Lashawn McCoy's name, it has been uh, why did you trade Kiko Alonso for him? You know, he's kind of for whatever whatever people want to stick to underperforming. I still think he's you know he came on, he got injured, coming back from an ACL. A lot of opinions going back and forth. Shady had a lot of opinions about this week. Obviously, it was important to him. There was, you know, we called it the days of our lives this week because that's basically all it was. We enjoyed, you know, breaking down the Patriots' this victory from last week for about eight seconds, and then it was <laughs> on to Demarco drama, running back drama. You know, you know, the Demarco Murray is going to be the fourth running back coming out here today, and that wasn't ended up being him true. Chip tried to call, you know, Sean McCoy unidentified, and then. Uh, you know, let him know that he's trying to get in contact with him, and he found out and he hung up on him, and that all turned out to be crap. So, this this was needed. I mean, I think that uh, again, that uh, you know, Buffalo. I don't know. Buffalo's always always weird. Buffalo always seems to be 500 at some point, and they always seem to be underperforming from the kind of talent that we had. And you, you they showed it again on Sunday. I mean, it was just there was. Um, I, I thought both game plans for both teams were good offensively to try and. Going to attack, I think, just like we were talking about pretty much all week, is they they rely on the big play, and Tyrod Taylor and Sammy Watkins hit it early. And it was kind of both on, you know, on Maxwell and on Ed Reynolds, who got called up uh, not too long ago to come play safety. So um, you thought it was kind of going to be a shootout, but uh, both defenses kind of hung in there. Fletcher Cox made sure that LaShawn McCoy didn't have a good second half, and 
Um, it was very much enjoyable for a lot of Philly fans to see how frustrated post game that LaShawn McCoy was. Uh, somebody snapped video. I think it was John Clark from NBC 10 here locally that snapped him coming, not shaking anybody's hand, not saying a word to anybody, completely just running into the locker room, throwing his, his helmet in there, saying a bunch of obscenities. And that was, a, that was an enjoyable part of a lot of people's Sundays. And, um, it, it just kind of reminded everybody like, yeah, he was a talented player, but, um, you know, it's kind of bittersweet and Chip kind of got the last laugh here. And now they're, now they're facing a, a very tough team in Arizona that's going to come in Sunday night, uh, you know, with everybody watching. So it's, I, you know, people are starting to get excited and hopefully that excitement doesn't turn into, turn into, turn back into, you know, fire Chip Kelly again next week, but we'll have to wait and see. It's, it's, it's been a good, uh, it was a good team win for him uh, yesterday. I don't want to dwell on the whole of Sean McCoy situation, but he said, I've got nothing to say to y'all to the press after making them wait for quite a while after he supposedly calmed down. But then uh, I wonder, had the things been reversed score-wise, LaShawn McCoy would still be yakking. Uh, but that's not the case, obviously. So now we move on. Uh, Sam Bradford certainly seems to be taking steps in the right direction to taking control of this offense. How much of a help is it having uh, Nelson Aguilar back into what seems to be the flow of the offense, John? Well, it really helped. I mean, especially on that drive too. It was an odd. It was an odd sequence of kind of what went down there. So they had a muffed punt that they recovered, and then just back to like there. I think there was three straight holding penalties where Dennis Kelly had to come in for Jason Peters, uh, or, or something like that happened. And then they, you know, it's second and twenty-six, and then all of a sudden, you know, the rush comes around. A beautiful footwork by Sam Bradford uh, steps up the, uh, three times, launches a, a, the, the, one of the best like deep balls we've seen from him all year to find Nelson Aguilar for a touchdown. Uh, I think for, that was more important for Nelson to kind of get on the, get off the schneid there mm-hmm. and, and finally start catching some balls. Cause he had a couple earlier drops that killed drives on third down. Um, but I, as far as people finally starting to see, I, I you know, I, you know, may I'll die on this Bradford Hill myself at the end of the year if it needs to be, but, this started happening in Carolina, and he's getting more and more comfortable each week. It looks like to me, it was, you know, I, I for, for, people are going to look at the stat line and they're going to go, yeah, it was an okay game, it was a solid game. I actually think it was a great game by him, uh, with the exception there was a weird fluky interception towards the third or fourth quarter there uh, from Brent Selleck, where they, you know, the the safety came away and like t- it took it away from him, and still, still kind of back and forth on how they called that a catch. It looked like the the, you know, the ball hit the ground, but. Whatever, it's not his fault. That was a perfectly placed ball, and I think it, if it would gotten it there, um, you know, and a touchdown would have scored there. There would have been more emphasis on uh, on that and how good that throw was. That was that was another beautiful throw. Again, with there was one to Zach Hurts that was late in the game on a third and seven that was looked like a, a little bit of impro- uh, you know uh, improvisation where he was wide open. He threw it right through Zach Hurts' arms and it bumped and he you know he dropped it. So that's been a problem all year. Um, I just see a guy who's finally feeling more confident with the offense and more comfortable with his teammates. Lane Johnson was even saying, like, hey, you know, Sam doesn't talk a lot, but these past two weeks he's given, like, a, a rah-rah speech every time they've come out here. So I think that's really important, too. You know, if that's working, keep doing it. That's why I want to keep telling Sam Bradford, hey, man, if you're – because every time he steps up into a press conference, it is, like, the most mild-mannered, you know, asking, asking or answering questions – properly just standing there very and but I, I would love to see Sam Bradford fired up and I'm sure that's kind of how they view it too. It's like this is a guy that doesn't come out and speak a lot and he keeps continuing to do so. So 
if that keeps working and his play keeps developing like it is, you know, if Riley Cooper and a couple of these guys can actually hold on to some balls here, because they, I mean, they went deep. They they weren't afraid of this secondary at all, and I thought that was the proper thing to do because it's just not that good. Again, Riley Cooper, the, the the opening play is a you know almost a fifty yard bomb to Riley Cooper, who they originally thought it was a catch, and he just you know he bobbled it on the way back down. So, I, I think the the ability to build around Sam Bradford, even if it's even if they don't make the playoffs this year, is is still a good option moving into next season. Well, on the other side of the ball, you talked you you met, brought up the name Fletcher Cox. Obviously, a great game set the tone early with the sack of Tyrod Taylor and continued to play well, especially in the second half. You mentioned about him shutting down Lashawn McCoy. Uh, he is a guy that's going to have to really, really, really step up. Not that he hasn't been, but see if he can find another gear when that offense of Arizona. Uh, is all set to take on the Philadelphia Eagles defense. Yeah, and that's it's one thing we're going to probably talk about in the next uh, BGN radio episode, which will probably drop out uh, tonight or tomorrow, is that that's where, I, I mean, I, I just said it. I think he's a future Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. I, 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 that was, it, it was, you know, there's, there's so much that he does well that, and, it, you know, Incognito, despite his reputation, uh, was playing really well this year. And, you know, everybody that he's faced that has been like a great, this juggernaut of an offensive uh, lineman, Lyle Collins, is like, you know, the second coming of, you know, every great guard ever that's ever played the football game. It just made him look like a child. Like everybody he faces, he makes them look like they're paper. Um, and it's, and he just showed it again. Like there is, he is undefendable. And if you put one guy on him, it's not going to work. So this is where it kind of gets important too for him. And I love Benny Logan and I, you know, uh, Vinny Curry was finally out on the defensive line, and they're, they're giving him more snaps. I think that's the right thing to do between him and Cedric Thornton. They need to find a guy that can help be that one-two punch there. Uh, and Rex Ryan even came out and said it today, or uh, yesterday, when he was saying, like, I've, I've heard the comparisons to Jerome Brown or Reggie White or guys like that, and I laughed at it. And he said, not anymore. Mm-hmm. No way am I laughing at that. They made it, you know, they made this guy look like nothing. And if they get any form of combination that's even a tenth of his ability, then they're going to have a really powerful front line where guys like Carson Palmer, who you need to have dropping seven or dropping eight, the way he's been playing uh, last year, even, and, and especially this year, especially against this wide receiving core, who, you know, shout out to Neil Kulong. I still think Pittsburgh is is well well in the lead of the best wide receiving core in the league. Mm-hmm. Arizona's pretty much there, hanging around that second spot. Um, and yeah, they, they need that. They need those other guys to come in. They need Brandon Graham to have a big game too. They need to have finishers in there. I think Cox is the disruptor, and he does get those sacks. But they need to have the finisher that's in there. And I'm not quite sure this defensive line has it yet. Well, anytime Rex Ryan talks about old Philadelphia Eagle defensive players, it holds a lot more weight coming from him because his dad had all so much to do with putting that great defensive line together with Jerome Brown and Reggie White, the two guys you said about that. So that carries a lot more weight coming from Rex Ryan, who, despite how the Buffalo Bills defense is playing right now, is looked at as one of the better defensive minds in the game. Well, yeah, absolutely, and I mean, I, I think there's credit there in credence, and we're kind of making fun of them at the same time too, because like oh, yeah. you know, this <laughs> Buffalo defense was supposed to be better than what it was after after it came in, and he kind of comes around and tinkers with it, and it's I mean, it's not so great, you know, it's kind of like it's bottom third in the league ish type of feel to it, which is very interesting considering how good they've been the past two years. Rob Ryan, his brother, 
Uh, not really, uh, <laughs> not really doing his gig. Obviously, he was fired this week. He had a terrible time with the Saints. He's had a terrible time in Oakland. He's had a terrible time anywhere he's gone. So basically, any Rex Ryan brother that touches your defense, I don't think it's such a great thing. You know, I think that that there there's no way in hell they're ever going to be their dad because he was he invented a defense. So they're they're the you know the offshoot to that, and it's just I I, res- I always respect Rex Ryan's opinion because it's not like he doesn't know what he's talking about, but at the same time, it's just not. It is just not the same, and you you saw it there. There's there's the tough, there's the nasty part of the of that defensive side. But you know it, it's weird. Their secondaries, both bro, both brothers have have bad secondaries. Like it's and and maybe it's um, you know we, we we gave them a lot of credit, especially Rex Ryan, a lot of credit in when he was in New York. But mm-hmm. you know there was Cromartie there, there was Rebus at a time where they were they were peaking. They had a lot of like superstar guys in there, so. It's and that's probably true for any defensive coordinator, but you just see like there's not a lot of there's not a lot of coach him up going on. So that's where I kind of like that's what led up to this week and even beforehand. You heard you heard Philadelphia fans saying like I don't want a guy like Chip Kelly. I want a guy like Rex Ryan. He identifies with players, yada yada yada. But I mean, what is that? What has that ever done to his win total? You know, I mean, he's basically a 500 or below 500 type of guy. So I think it was important for people to see this week too that yeah, Chip Kelly. Despite his faults this year, and as a GM, you had two guys out there on, uh, you know, Jordan Hicks that we've talked about endlessly. Eric Rowe had another fantastic game yesterday. That's talent evaluation. That's coaching up. That's the ability to develop a guy in a couple of weeks to take over a starting spot. And a lot of people thought he could start right away, but Nolan Carroll was there. He took the starting job. That's a good problem to have, you know. I, I think uh, when you and, – and Sam Bradford, yes. Walter Thurman, yes. Jenkins, yes. Um, uh, even, uh, you know, in, uh, Byron Maxwell, who I know people think he had a terrible game actually didn't, I thought he played really well too. So there's, there's a lot of good things that are happening here with the talent evaluation. So that doesn't scare me as much. And the fact that these guys kind of came back from this when everybody thought they were dead, you know, they were talking about this, they all made 50, the 53 angry man t-shirts yesterday, which yeah, it might be cheesy to a lot of people, but I actually think that's really cool. I think that's a great idea. And I don't care how it came. I don't care if it's from the media criticizing him. I don't care if it's from Jeff Lori or Chip Kelly. I think that just that it's that type of thing where they all kind of have a reminder that they believe in one another. That's what you're seeing here. I don't know what it's going to do for him against Arizona. Arizona's obviously at home, but the belief that they can do it, I think is a big change over the last couple of weeks. Hopefully there's there's the momentum shift there that takes them into the playoffs. I don't know what's going to happen. I wouldn't bank on any kind of winning streak here. I'd just enjoy these two games because um, whatever it's going to be, it's still a fun ride. You got the the, the Giants tonight. That hopefully uh, you know Miami takes care of business there. Washington has a, a pretty up and down schedule. They take on the Bills next week, so you know it's going to be an interesting ride down the front here. But at least they're playing football again. If it's the us against the world mentality works for the Philadelphia Eagles. Keep it going, that's for sure. John Barcher from BGN Radio, from BleedingGreenNation.com, and from 97.5 The Fanatic in Philadelphia. Thanks, bud. We'll talk next Monday. Sounds good, Todd. Thanks, buddy. Okay, thank you. John Barcher joining us on the SECV Hotline on ESPN 92.3 The Valley Sports Leader.